Yeah, let me just take my bank account here. Alright. Just gonna get logged in here. Money? What the heck? No! Damn you, Y2K!
good afternoon, good morning, and did it backwards. Welcome to Rock Phoenix Live, guys. Welcome to Why to Rock, man. Woo! It's going to be a great show tonight. Tonight's show is about the things that happened in 2000. The Y2 Scare. The Y2 Scare. Millennium baby. Bug. That's right. <laughs> the Y2 Glitch. The Y2 Bug. Did anybody my age have issues with Y2K? Well, we don't know how old you are, do we? <clears throat> you know what? I think most people, individuals like us, didn't have any issues at all with the Y2K no. scare at all. I think it was everybody behind the scenes. And thank you for that. Thank you for spending like, oh, $300 bazillion, you know? Obviously, it was kind of a big deal because there was a lot of money that was spent. Oh, really, yeah, for sure. You know? And the fact that it was such a huge scare and that the rest of the new year was going to be based upon this was just in- insane. Yeah. There were so many parodies that that uh, Family Guy did about this. There were so yeah, many things that we were all scared fact, of though. about this. But after the fact, we did all those parodies and the memes and the funny stuff. Because at that time, 1999, and then later on in our show, I hope we have, I remember, uh, to discuss, it was happening way before that. But anyways, in 1999, we knew this was coming up. We relied on our computer gurus, our programmers, and the government, and all these different agencies um, I think it was Bill Clinton. I don't know. I don't remember because I don't pay attention to his name. But he signed in a whole act, like a Y2K act, to make sure that everything was A-OK. You think about everything was on the computer. You know, all of our federal reserves and our banking and our stocks and our whole economic everything relied on that. If there was a glitch like they were predicting could happen. And then there's always those people that are the um, like the people that scare us all, you know, like conspiracy theorists. Yeah, all of that and the paranoid people. But then there's legitimate, you know, intelligent people that say, well, you know, it's possible it could happen. Um, and then for, for those of you maybe that are like, Y2K, what the shit? Because maybe you're a younger viewer and you don't remember or a genera- 2000. Yeah, Generation Z. Right, you know, or even the millenniums really, they were born in. Well, I'm a millennium. What? You were born in the 80s. Yeah, but I grew up in the 90s. That's millennium, I thought. I don't know. Isn't it? No, you were still born in the 80s. Anyways, like it's just... But I didn't know the 80s because by the time I was 10, I was in the 90s. You don't remember what happened when you were 10? No. 10? No. Two, I get. 10? Even I remember 10. I don't even remember my first food. I just thought it was really funny. So I have been in the last few years saying stupid shit like why do we call it kfc is it really that difficult to say kentucky fried chicken we all lost it when ihop did it i mean international house House of of pancakes Pancakes. but really y2k all it stands for is the year y2 for 2000 and k of course everybody knows it means a thousand right so it's just shorthand because we can't say for the year 2000 y2k kind of sounds cool right but kfc doesn't sound cool anyways it was the year 2000 that was expected to cause extensive havoc 
as the year changed from 1999 to 2000. And that was the problem. Well, partly. The 19 was the problem in 1900s, all the way up to 1999. But not really the problem because I read that a bazillion years ago in the 60s and 70s when computer programming started, it was so important to save as much space as humanly possible because these like brand new IBM computers only had like two kilobytes of memory. That's pretty sad, right? In today's standards where we have hard drives that have terabytes and is there something bigger? No, Terra is the biggest. Giga. Tera. Giga what? is Giga? below that. Oh yeah, mega, giga, kilo, whatever. So Kilo, what are you Whatever, shipping? like kilobytes, right? I was thinking this short. But anyways, these these IBM computers of, of yesteryears were so pathetically small on space, they needed to conserve as much space, memory space as possible, so they only wanted the year to be two digits. Because we all knew, of course it's 1900 and something, 70, 80, 90, and then all of a sudden we went, oh crap. We're going to lose the two digits. We can't. We need to say. What? You didn't say digit. You said digits. Are, are you done? Go ahead. Making fun of me? You do it to me. I'm talking pretty smart here. This is highly intelligent stuff I'm discussing. Maybe I said digits. Anyways, they wanted to change over to uh, two zero, and that's where the problem was. Everything needed to have four digits, not just the two digits. Right. But by then, we have huge computers with great memory space, so no big deal. So, anyways, do you want me to continue? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> happy Father's Day. Welcome to Rock Phoenix Live. Happy Let's Father's get the inter- Day. intros out of the way. Ooh, happy Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth. Absolutely. Because we have a brand new holiday that just... And actually, I- it makes sense. when. See... It, uh, <laughs> you don't know what to say about I just want to say I want to acknowledge Juneteenth because it is a huge thing. Um, Here in Arizona, though, where we're a bunch of rednecks, we don't really want to acknowledge Juneteenth. Juneteenth. I almost said a Juneteenth. But it's really, got, it's important. Any it's, holiday, hell yeah, take it when you got it. If you get paid for it, oh my gosh, yes. It's almost like a positive and negative repercussion divided per- pertaining to how you view it. But uh, why would it be negative though? I don't understand that. Because at all. the people that are like, I don't reserve, I don't observe Juneteenth. Well, it's brand new for starters. Right. It only became a federal holiday, I think, just last year or whatever. But that's not the point. Uh, maybe that's the white person version. Like I said, we're a bunch of rednecks here. Arizona is really. It's pretty, really, I just combined that one. Uh, it's pretty back ashward sometimes. We're a bunch of good old boys. It's not the Wild West, but maybe in some areas it still kind of is. Cape Creek is pretty Wild West. I'm going to tell it like it is. with, like, in really the, rich people. In the, uh, in the essence of your cousin who tells it like it is, um, I'm going to tell it like it is. I respect... What happened to black people? I don't think it's fair that what they what happens to them happens to them. But at the same time, um, a holiday where it's like a federal holiday. I mean, this is you know they're just trying to show no, respect, like, though. There's no like Caucasian holiday. No, and that's everyone else's point. There isn't. There's there's no Caucasian holiday. There's no whatever other race you happen to be. But truly, my 
also concerned with it is I had a customer say, but we don't live in Texas. And if you Google Juneteenth, it's it's proclaiming freedom for slaves in Texas way, way back in 1865. Well, guess what? It's 2023, and we're not in Texas, And but I guess that's cool. If you get the day off, why not? At the if same time, paid, they don't do things better. to white people that they do to black people. That's where everybody else's yeah. hang-up is. And I, I, I totally support black people for that one. They shouldn't. The, the cops shouldn't be able to, to do that. To some, yeah. to one person, and not do it to the other person. Yeah, I agree with that. We have a kid on our street, and he's a great, great kid. He's very good friends with Beautiful, our son. Beautiful young boy. Yeah. He cannot walk to Walmart and go to Walmart, even though it's literally like across the street. You have to cross an intersection. But we have no cars here because we're pretty small. But my our kid can go, but he can't go with our kid because his parents are in fear of his safety because he gets eyeballed at our Walmart once again. We're pretty redneck, and we're very much white, but that's not the point. He would never steal anything. If anything, he would say, oh, you don't have any money? Here's my last two bucks. You know, he would kind of do the opposite. And when um, I go with them, but she's that concerned. stuff doesn't happen. I make sure to stop that because I'm an older adult. I can see what about, what's going to happen before it happens. And I shut that shit down. But you know what? I don't think that you are more aware at all. I think he's more aware because he was born that way. Oh, I agree. Raised that way. And he can see when people are like following him or how come that same employee from the store is down this aisle and that aisle and they're following me and I can't even walk around my own stinking store without somebody... You know, implying that I'm going to do something wrong or bad. And I shut that down. I shut it down. Well, I've never experienced that myself, but trust me, I'm a big mouth. I'd be like, hello, can we help you? Why are you on every aisle that we're at? Do we have a problem here? Because I'm that way. I had had an issue like that at the community center in Anthem here with that older lady. And she was like, no, no, you can go. You can go. And me and my son, I'm like, no, no, no. You understand. He's, He's with, with us. Me. Yeah. You got to say something, you say it to me. And we're all, you, all three of you were scanning. Yeah. And he's even in the lifeguard yep. program at that stinking community center. Shut it down. That's totally shameful. Yep. So Not going to happen. So, good. There is a day. And like I said, if you get paid for the federal day off, even better. You know? I have to work, but that's okay. I'd work just like every other day. I do, however, get Father's Day off, which is another great, you know, really super important. Just Happy like Mom's Father's Day. Day to all of you fathers out there, you furry pet lover fathers, and you actual father fathers. Yep, Padres, Papas, Dadas. I can't think. Grandpapa. Grandpa. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> Daddy. Whatever. And right now, our son is hiding away in his bedroom, possibly wrapping up some surprise gifts for his papa. Jen, we have got like less than a month away from this huge Rock Phoenix Live promotion that we're doing, which is... Tour! Tour, this Rock Phoenix Live tour we're doing. And I can't wait to see you love you listeners, lovers, <laughs> out there. And I want to talk to you guys and say hi. Do you know what? I have some really great ideas, and I- I'm surprising Frank right now. I have this website where I'm ordering just this random crazy shit from, and they have rock stickers. It comes in packs of 50. I'm going to 
print our business cards, give you a rock sticker, and we're going to leave our our merchandise, our merch, all over the place. Our oh, whole yeah. trip. Every rest stop, I'm going to put it in the toities. Every, you know, convenience store, I'm going to stick it on the windowsill. Every hotel, we're going to slip it in with the brochures, whatever. You know what I mean. But wow. these, these are pretty cool stickers. Um, and then our business card, so then you'll know. It has our website on it, so you can email us. And if you take the time and email, I promise as a shipper and a mailer, I will get you something cool. And I just want to... I don't even care where you live. I'll mail it. I want to take a few minutes and just talk about where, where Rock Phoenix Live came from. Just so you have an idea when you grab this business card or you grab this sticker and you see it, it's it's personal. Like We took the time to make it because we wanted to reach out to um, to all our listeners and to all of you and help you listen to a, a rock show or a radio station that truly believes in the fans. Because I think the thing is that Modern society has created FM radio, and these FM DJs, they like, like, well, you're getting paid to do it for one, and two, we have zero money into this. <laughs> like, we're taking our no, own money to make these. We don't have zero money into it. We get zero money back. Right. We put lots into it because you need to have licensing. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of dollars every year, but this is our this is our thing. People have train hobbies, or people have model hobbies, or people go to you know drag races or whatever and spend lots of money. So this we stay home, we record, we play songs, we talk a lot, probably too much sometimes. I think the coolest thing is to be able to play music for the world and do it legally. Like anybody could go out there and create a podcast. But at the same time, to create a rock cast where you can play music and you the did it legitimately. Song. Yeah. Yep, and you played the song from beginning to end, and you didn't have to take a snippet because you, you can legally do it. You and in licensing. the end, Linkin Park, that you know that you gave some money to the actual band for doing what you yeah. did. And to promote rock music. Because again, when we started this back in like 2020, this was like... Pop music was everywhere. Every commercial on TV, every every Grammy award, every rock award was like a, a, a pop star was going to play live yeah. there. You didn't have bands that were rock music playing. And then since then, we've seen a huge turnaround. Like, we've seen rock bands play on shows now. We've seen more rock music in commercials. We've yeah. seen a huge turn in rock music where now it is kind of coming back. And I love the like as we did a podcast on screaming for bass that was a really great episode but a lot of people don't like that that sound but what we do like is we like live instruments we don't like the pop sound and i need to figure out a way so that people turn around and realize drums keyboards all that stuff is great you don't need to mix it in a studio with synthesizers and call it music i mean it is music it's your music but rock music is awesome and it needs to be the pop the top it doesn't need to be rap music rap music you had your time country yeah, music but you, know what? you had your time we because of my influence because i was way older than you in the 80s and i love anything alternative and punk and new wave guess what we have had special shows that were just new wave liam wants to get involved and we have special shows that are just that techno pop dance because that's what he likes so i mean at least we are evolving you're spreading music in general we're not going to have opera but guess what we have what is our what is our nightwish nightwish yeah rock opera right it's rock opera right 
So, I mean, it just sort of expands people's, you know, broadens your horizon, expands your mind. And, and if you don't like it, then shut it off and go pick a new one. Right. The next one is going to be back to rock music again. So. And we always promote, like she's, like you said, um, music itself. Again, I'm not dissing rap yeah. or pop in any way, but there's been a lot of it, and it dominates a lot of the market industry. And I think that rock music could totally do this. And I think when you get... Like, my buddy Grant Sanders told me one time, he's like, when girls get in my limo, the first thing you want to hear is they want to hear a pop song or they want to hear a country song. And predominantly, in Arizona, it's usually country. Yeah. And I'm like, well, well, Back to Arizona we put on some rock music? Rock music gets going. I've been to tons of rock yeah, shows. Yeah, but you know what? I bet you if he would have said, hey, girls, just listen for a couple of songs, and he would have played some, like, 80s hair band, they would have totally been singing Bon Jovi and Def Leppard and Motley Crue because all those girls, even young ones still know you know that's what their parents listen you're not to. telling me that nickelback doesn't get them wet no way come on oh photograph is yeah. so nice anyway my favorite song. when you grab a rock phoenix live business card and it has that rock sticker on there we took time out of our life and we're not getting any return in this but we just want listeners and we want hard rock music fans and not just hard rock music fans but music fans in general because on this show all of you make a difference in our lives it's not like we're doing an fm station where we have to be here and you have to listen no, this is a choice viewer show where people actually make this show better. The more listen, the better we are. The less listen, the better off we are. But we still do this regardless because we enjoy it. So I want to make sure that this is a wholesome show for you. But that's what we are getting something out of it. You know, you don't get paid for it, but you do get something out of it. When we pull up your map, whatever software, you pull up that map and we can see listeners like all over the stinking world. That's kind of mind-blowing. And it almost makes you feel like, holy crap, I made a difference or I'm important in somebody else's life and to be important in the life of somebody you don't even know that's like pretty amazing in itself because I don't know if people really take a look back at their lives and see like how impactful really was I did I leave any kind of impression on this earth or you know I don't mean a footprint because that's different but I mean to, to impact somebody like if they went holy cow this is a really great podcast I can't listen to the whole thing but I listened to it while I was driving to my next job and they think well that's great and gets starts their day in a good mood then you've just impacted somebody's life and that's where our takeaway is that's what we get from that yeah my biggest thing is that these fm stations you know you got k-rock or k-upd or whatever they take for granted the fact of how many listeners that they have and they say things like you know our they local give away radio tickets. Yeah, well, I get that. But they get free tickets. They didn't have to buy those tickets or come up with something. People just give them this shit, and then that's nice. They turn around and give it away. But that's not hard to do. No. I wish people would give me shit that I could mail out to you, but I'm going to have to look into it, have it designed, or buy it, or find it, or whatever, and then I'll give it away. Mail Make it. sure it's a great quality before you send it to somebody who goes, oh, this is a piece of crap. No, it's not. It was actually something very much that we designed and we wanted to make sure would last for a lifetime or last for a while and you get your money's worth even though you didn't pay any money for it. it just is what it is 
I want to make sure the fact that people know that Rock Phoenix Live cares about you. I think a lot of times the local radio stations will come at you and say, you know, oh, we're giving away tickets and they'll buy your love and they'll give you this and they'll give you that. And at the same time, on their morning shows, they'll call you names like, uh, oh, uh, you're just a woman, so you're just a piece of eye candy or just an object of whatever men should have to deal with. It's just, it's insane. It's insane. So anyway, right here on Rock Phoenix Live, I want you to know that we care about every one of you, each and every single one of you. The viewers we see, we have the analytics with our software, and that's so great to see each and every one of you listening to our show. And that means the world to me, my wife, to my family. It means the world to us. All right. Follow the Reaper. This is Children of Bodom, Rock Phoenix Live. Death be not proud. Though some have called thee mighty and dreadful, thou art not so.
Rock Phoenix Live, 2000s music.
Rock Phoenix Live back here in the studio. I just gotta say, I think that the 2000s was a time. Wow, that's really loud. The 2000s were a time where some bands were living and some bands were dying. So, for instance, my point is, in the 80s, you had the hair metal bands, and they would keep going and going all the way into the 90s, and some of them did survive. Some of them did make that transition into the 90s, and great, they held on to that. And then they went from the 90s into the 2000s. And when they got into the 2000s, it was like things really did take a change. It wasn't just grunge music that you had a battle with. You had grunge music, pop music. You had disco, or like dance music. You had intense sounds like Papa Roach coming up soon. You had bands like Three Doors Down coming out. You had new bands that were making a new sound in the rock and roll era, and you just couldn't compete anymore. It wasn't like you were up against grunge. And grunge was very difficult mind you but it wasn't as difficult as going up in the 2000s with other bands and so the 2000s is really a changing point where you had like i said some bands were, were dying and some bands were just picking up and starting all new are you referring to motley crew because you just played that <laughs> yes and i want to talk about that bands right there back there we played motley crew off their album new tattoo hell on high wheels and boy did that sound that that song sound Mastered just like the way they mastered their live performances, which is I can't hear the vocals, I can hear mostly guitar. Well, they said when I was reading up on that new tattoo that they kind of reverted back to their their earlier stuff, which I thought was kind of interesting because it didn't really sound like earlier stuff to me. Um, but that's what their whole plan was, just to go back because that's when they were popular. Right. And that makes sense. You want to play the same music that made you popular before, but that doesn't always work. Sometimes it's just a different time. But that's you know? all they do. They all try to go back to their most popular time. Yeah, well, that's everyone. Even in Germany, they're playing right now on the 2023 tour with Def Leppard and all that. They sound like crap. Vince Neil is getting worse and worse. More people are noticing it, and more people are posting it. But I think that's just human nature. We all want to go back to our happiest times. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm not so happy these days. Oh, I remember back 10 years ago or 30 years ago when I was. So you want to revert back to that. Maybe you want to listen to that same music or wear those same clothes or do those same kind of things. But sometimes you can't go back again. And that, I thought that album, that Motley Crue album was interesting because I read it's the only album by Motley Crue that didn't feature Tommy Lee as the drummer. Did you find the album that didn't feature Tom Vince, Vince Neil? Neil? Yes. So instead of, but wait, instead of Tommy Lee, they had um, Ozzy Osbourne's drummer, Randy Castillo. What was that? I don't know. <laughs> we have speakers in this room? No. I, I'm losing my mind. You can't hear the heartbeat? No. <laughs> There's a big heartbeat in our Oh my god, my wife's I'm losing so it. No, it's not I want to say head. this. I want to say don't don't don't. It wasn't in my head. I but swear. to capitalize on this on this tour is ridiculous because you're you're wasting people's money. But we're still buying their tickets. They are still it's buying their tickets. It's our fault. Right. It's not their fault. It's our fault. So, I did also look up the album that didn't have Vince Neil 
And that was um, their self-titled 1994 album. It's the only one. So Vince Neil fronted their band from 1981 to 1992. Then Motley Crue, like I said, self-titled came out in 1994 and Vince wasn't with them but he came back in 96 right so I didn't even everybody realize was saying, that everybody's been saying though on the was forums was that a great album I don't know <laughs> but they were just saying on the forums they're like you should bring him back because he still sounds really good in his band that he's playing with now and Vince oh Neal the singer sound- that replaced yeah. him I didn't see what they were saying was. bring him back well, that new tattoo album didn't get very good reviews back in the year 2000. Right. Um, I looked it up, and you know some of the the tabloids I don't recognize them, but like Entertainment Weekly D plus, uh, People Magazine unfavorable, Rolling Stone two star, maybe that's a two and a half, well, two and a half star. I'm enough. Like, that enough about that good. band. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Perfect Circle. We played Judith. Judith, off their album. Uh, Mare's a Norms. Mared? Came out in 2000. Does that say Mared? M-E-R-D? M-E-R-M. Oh, Mare. I don't know what that means. Mared, I know. Mare, I know. M-E-R-D-E. That's shit! I just told you this morning, Mosh Mare. Eat shit. Oh, it is. Off that album. Came out in 2000. Yeah. And and uh, though mind you, uh, Perfect Circle it has the same singer as Tool. So Mar- Maynard, the lead singer of Tool, was in that band of Perfect Circle oh, for a time there. And then we also played back there, Children of Bodom, Follow the Reaper. Yeah, no, I don't like that band. Oh my gosh. No, sorry, we played them before. I that, don't was like them sound, that was a sound. That was off the yeah, Healy. It was up the song Helion. I follow. Anyway, and we played back there, uh, Therion, Beagle. That was a great song. (laughs) Oh, my God. I played the wrong song. How about Linkin Park? Linkin Park back there. (laughs) Let's go over to Linkin Park. Linkin Park was a new sound coming out. It was just a fantastic sound. And it was just new. We didn't have that yet. We had that grunge sound for a long, long time. Like the Soundgarden, the Pearl Jam, the... uh, the Nirvana sound, and then Linkin Park comes out in the 2000s and totally changes and redefines the sound of music. I think they have that more almost punk alternative kind of sound to them too. You know what I mean? Uh, Their genres are new metal, which is the NU metal, alternative rock, rap rock, alternative metal, rap metal, metal rap core. I mean, they have a little bit of every genre you know that I can see but I thought that was cool you said that uh, album was hybrid theory so when I go to look it up somebody had asked the question did Linkin Park used to be called hybrid theory and sure enough I read after um is Ty Bennington right after Bennington joined their Chester group. Chester Not who's Ty, Ty? Ty Bennington is from the move this bus <laughs> sounded familiar oh that's funny I love that show move that <laughs> Rockstar builder. <laughs> They're all the same. Oh my gosh. It just says Betty J. <laughs> Food Network MTV. Hey, you can tell what we watch. Right. Um, after he <laughs> joined uh, the group, um, they had to change the name because of legal complications. There was some Welsh music group, I guess, called Hybrid. 
And then they just said, you know what, rather than have a big old problem and we don't even want any of the legal, you know, turmoil, we're just going to change the name to Lincoln Park. That's it. So that's, I think Spelled that incorrectly. theory. Yeah. But I mean, that's what kind of makes it cool too. Yeah. You don't want to be named after like Abraham Lincoln or, you know what I, that's boring. No, they were such a great band and they're so awesome. They still are a great band. Chester made a huge impact with his vocal range. I mean, that was just amazing how he did that and made the band what they are. It was so awesome. I love Linkin Park. Um, I'm just so amazing. laughing at Ty. <laughs> I'm so laughing at Ty Bennington. I can't get over that quite yet. Smashing Pumpkins back there also with uh, their song. And um, boy... With their song. Machina of their album, Machina, the Machina of Machines of God, the Imploding Voice. Here's my question, though. I don't think I like them much. Well, it was different. It wasn't the 1979, and it wasn't like the Tonight Tonight sound that we're so used to, the the Smashing Mm, Pumpkins sound. No, I just don't like them much. (laughs) I don't understand why they call it uh, the Imploding Voice. When you Google it, it's actually Imploding Voice on our music repertoires. I don't know. Why do you call it the Walmart? (laughs) True, good point, right? (laughs) Just whatever you say. Go with the it. 2000s were an amazing time. They're also my stopping ground times and the times when things just got kind of crazy for me because I was becoming an adult, 18, 19 years of age. Do you mean bad? When yeah. you went bad? Yeah, I went rogue. <laughs> oh, Frank was a bad boy. Getting back Not to anymore. the 2000s. So check this out, Jen. Go ahead and tell us more about this Y2K. Now that we've got the introductions out of the way, got the bands <laughs> out of the way, let's focus on the meat of this tonight's show. Well, I highlighted a couple of different things on my paperwork here, but I thought kind of a cool one, and it's sort of going back in time. So there was a man, I don't remember his name because I can't find my notes here, Bob. It was definitely Bob. um, The first person to publicly address this Y2K potential issue was Bob Beamer. Um, way, way, way back in 1958. So he's working on some kind of genealogy software, which, boom, right out of the gate, genealogy. So what is the first thing that you think of is I can trace my my family, um, my lineage or whatever, back to, say, great, 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 great grandpa. Back to Bob. But then, yeah. Well, if you're lucky enough to have Bob Beamer in your family, he sounds like a smart guy. So... You trace it back to the 1800s. Oh, cowboys. And then you go back even further and six, 1700s and 1600s and 1500s. Well, hello. If we're concerned with our computer programmers' current day Y2K issues with the 19, how does a man that's doing genealogy put 18 or 17 or 1600 or 1500 he can't that's why he knew right away back in 1958 hello this is not going to work i'm trying to go backwards but in the future when we go forward to the year 2000 you're going to have a shit ton of problems so bob spent years like 20 plus years um totally fruitlessly trying to convince programmers and even the united states government and ibm because ibm was a huge huge everybody had an ibm computer right and they didn't really follow along i'm sure there were some people that believed them that could wrap their head around all of that but people were like ah 
No big deal. Don't even worry about it. I want to interject here right now because in the year 2000, this is also moving forward the same time when Bill Gates steps down as chairman of IBM, of uh, Microsoft. Yeah, but did he in 2000 or did he in 1999 before it all went to shit? No. <laughs> did he foresee this? He was one of those smart guys it was like, that went, I'm going to get out while I can. I think it was like in March or February of 2000 that he stepped down yeah. and, they, and, and signed somebody else in his spot. The um, the other kind of cool thing that I saw is it wasn't just necessarily December 31st, 1999, going to the new year, January 1st, way back, September, which is the ninth month, September 9, 1999, if you write that in numerals, 9 dash or slash 9 dash 99, right? Because we 1999, we did the two digits. It also everyone had a huge fear that it was going to cause the computers to fail too, because early programmers used a series of number nines, nine 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 nine, like that, to indicate the end of a program. Yep. And you know what's funny is on my DS oh, on my. DSC panels, my alarm systems. Yeah. Um, they have kind of that same thing, which is you put the numeric number first. Anything that has nothing to do with the system is all F F F F F F F F F F F F F. Right. So they use Fs as their end of code. Nines. Yeah, to end it instead of the nines because obviously somebody figured out. So so a September 9th, 1999, that was another big huge deal date which I had no idea about because I don't know anything about computer programming. So was this all preventable as a dateline representative would say? Are you a Dateline representative now? I love that show. Wow, where's your check in the mail, you know? Was it murder? But really the problem with the whole millennium, the Y2K bug, the 19 switching over to 2-0, was that, yes, but it also was the two-digit date which we talked about in the beginning, people did that initially to save memory space, switching over to a four-digit date because we want 2000s all the way through. And was there a crash? There was. There there was a few incidents, but it wasn't really like crashing, I don't think. There was even some nuclear sites that alarms started going off, and mostly Japan. There was two in Japan. People were freaking out like, holy crap, why are the alarms going off? Let's check the computer. And it was temperature regulating, like the the temperature of the water that cools cores and things like that. Whatever, those alarms went off. But but really, what does that have to do with the dip? You know? Well, no, I'm just. You put your hand up, teacher, teacher. I want to interject. So also in the year 2000, the third and final reactor of Chernobyl was shut down, and the entire facility was shut offline in the year 2000. I think it was probably in November but or December. But it has nothing to do with Y2K. No, I just Neither interject. does Bill Gates. You said inter- That's well, what I was trying you to said tell you. What does one have to do with the other? You said IBM, and the other one was nuclear reactors. I was just interjecting. Do you want to know what else happened due to a Y2K problem? Yes. Our U.S. spy satellites all stopped working for almost three days. No spy satellites for three stinking days. No espionage? But nothing bad happened, right. Of course um, not. 
Yeah, we already talked about the nuclear power plants in Japan. And then also, this one is kind of silly. It, it really wasn't very impactful, but it was a really huge black eye for them. It probably made them very embarrassed. The U.S. Naval Observatory are the people we rely on to keep time. Literally, that is the group, the entity. That's the Greenwich Mountain Time? Greenwich. Whatever. Greenwich. <laughs> That was so freak right there. <laughs> Greenwich mom time. Um, the U.S. Naval Observatory, they literally, their computer system. Oh, and they started way back in 1830. So talk about having a problem with two digits. They, they have dates. Anyways, January 1st, 2000, they declared the date as January 1st, 19100. Oh, they blew it, fixed it within minutes, and are still completely embarrassed about that. Like I said, it just put a whole black eye on their own reputation. <laughs> Who was the guy? Talk about the guy and the video store. Oh, the video man. So everyone is thinking, like, and then there was other stuff, like the video guy and then a guy with his bank account. Everyone was assuming, like, our, our grocery stores are going to start spitting out weird shit, and... <laughs> ATMs gonna be pop, 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 20s are gonna be <laughs> shooting out of machines and all of our computers they told everybody unplug your computer December 31st because the next day when you turn it on it will be a fresh boot and hopefully everything's a-okay and it doesn't explode and catch your house on fire but there was like a video store guy um, in New York City and I even know the movie which made me laugh so this poor person in New York rented 1999's John Travolta war movie called The General's Daughter. And when he returns it the next day, January 1st, 2000, they tell him he has a late fee of $91,250. And he's like, what? What the shit? And then they realize it. It said that he signed the movie out in 1900. So he had a perverted. A yeah, it was like a, a hundred years too late. Oh my and god! Whatever you know. So they said, "I am so sorry, sir. We'll give you one free movie rental." Free rental? That's it? I mean, you owe ninety-one thousand dollars, and all you can give me is well, a free it, rental. It's already cool that you know he made the news kind right. of idea, right? Um, but I thought that one was pretty funny. And what was the other one that I said? Oh, the, the guy ended account. up having like a million dollars. Okay, so in Germany, this man feels like he just won the lottery, right? He goes, signs into his bank or goes to his bank or whatever. He was credited exactly $6 million. <laughs> and the date that the money was put in was December 30th, which I thought was interesting. Not the 31st, 1899. Wow. So some systems even freaked out and went backwards. 18, some were totally unexpected. electronic banks back then. And then one last kind of funny thing, because I did like Y2K fun facts, whatever. The first millennium baby that was born um, where there was an issue, and it wasn't an issue with the baby, it was the ba problem with the baby's birth date. <laughs> so in Denmark, the first, the Denmark's first millennium baby was registered as 100 years old. Oh my because, God. Because again, 1900. Yeah.
He wasn't born in 2000. Oh, my God. So man. nothing burned down and nothing, you know, though no nuclear weapons went off. There was no, you know, obviously World War III, nothing like that. But, I mean, there was $100 billion spent. That's that's what they figure the total is now, now that everything has been calculated. And all those employees at the, um, at the uh, was it the Niagara Falls? Oh, yeah, those poor suckers. That is and make sure everything was turned over correctly. Yep. So I guess it's just a massive, um, what am I saying, hydro facility, whatever, in Niagara Falls, in Buffalo, New York. They had 1,000 people on staff to be on duty system-wide on New Year's Eve just in case there was any problems. And when you think about it, Power in New York, in Buffalo, in winter is pretty stinking important. You know how many people literally could have froze to death? Because people freeze to death already, you know, they're on a budget and their power got shut off. That would have been like... Well, we know the opposite here in Arizona because if people have electricity, they die of heat. Yeah, because we need our air conditioning because it's so stinking hot here. Speaking of which, it's supposed to be 109 today here in Arizona. Oh, thank you for that weather report. You're right. Anyways, I'm, I'm pretty much good here. All right. Well, here's another band that had an album come out in 2000, which was Iron Maiden off their album Brave New World. This is Ghost of Navigator, Rock Phoenix Live.
Phoenix Live. You're listening to the music, the best music of 2000, right here on Rock Phoenix Live.
Nevermore right here on Rock Phoenix Live off their album Dead Heart in a Dead World. That was Inside Four Walls. Awesome song, man, right there. And also back there we played uh, Iron Maiden Brave. Actually, it was uh, Iron Maiden's Ghost of the Navigator off their album Brave New World. That also came out in the year 2000. Absolutely awesome music. Awesome music. I love it. Just great. Awesome music. Just a different time, different era. I gotta say, coming up soon, songs that actually were the popular ones of the year 2000. I like popular. Well, you may, you may not. Well, I love Iron Maiden, but not obviously new Iron Maiden. I like old school Iron Maiden. That's true. And you know, that Nevermore, no, not my kind of music. But, well, that, uh, that's a good topic we should bring up, which is you go to a concert, you see a band. You like their old stuff. Yeah, like Quiet Riot. You don't. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Perfect example. That's how I felt about Quiet Riot. I'm like, oh. You don't yeah, really want to hear yeah. the new stuff. You want to really just listen to the old stuff. Yeah. And bands, don't, don't get me wrong. Because it's familiar and it rushes back all these memories and these good times. And you know all the words, so you don't feel like an idiot when you sing, right? That's what music does. It brings us back to a time. It brings us back to that time when you first heard that song and you were like, whoa, I listened to it, you know, 30 years ago or I was 10, I was 15 when I heard that. What's funny, talking about Y2K and millenniums and current stuff, I just feel like the 1980s was like 20 years ago. And then there's memes that's like, you know, you need to get rid of that friend in your life that reminds you that 1980s was 30 years ago. Are you kidding me? It's been longer than that. I just, I can't even wrap my head around that. It's tough. (laughs) I wake up every day and I go, I can't believe how much time flies. I can't believe you're 41. (laughs) I don't feel it. No, who cares, dude? Age is but a number. Nobody feels it. You don't feel the age. people will tell you that, but... Well, some people do. You are fortunate that you don't feel it. And me, I think I'm terribly fortunate. I talk to people every day that take medicine, and then their medicine gives them side effects, and then they can't do this and they can't do that. I work with a woman that when she drops, like accidentally drops paper on the floor or whatever on the floor, she waits until there's enough pieces on the floor before she bends over and picks them up because her knees are so bad. I'm like... What the Give shit me a are you? Reason. Are you kidding me? Well, we peel off stickers, right? So you got the sticker back, and we throw it. Right. But because it's so lightweight, it flutters, and it doesn't always land in the trash can. Totally de- legit. We litter on our floor next to us all day long. But you bend over and you pick it up in between customers, and maybe there's four. She waits until she has a pile. <laughs> a pile, and then she'll bend over and pick them up. And right. she is your age she's she's 10 years younger than me and i'm like oh i'm so grateful my knees aren't bad every once in a while oh what the hell did i do to my knee two days ago it was my thumb wasn't i whining about my thumb i will never hitchhike again my thumb was so stinking sore but it's already gone 
two days that's all maybe five or you have a crick in your neck and it lasts for a couple of weeks but be grateful that it goes away some people are constantly feeling their age or their poor health or their whatever yeah and i didn't want to turn this into an old fogey show and talk about our age and how we're dying soon and the ailments that <laughs> but we we're have. not that's what i'm saying right. i mean Other i still work might. out and i've got friends that still work out and i think that's the most important thing is if you keep, keep moving, moving. Yeah. oh my gosh Keep moving. Absolutely. If you're not moving, you're dying. Because what are the first thing we do? We get up off the couch saying you got like, oh, your ankle. But then you just walk a little bit further or you give it a shake and the, the, the fluids inside, like all our little liquids start lubricating. Boom. You're fine. You're only your first three steps is kind of jacked up because your back hurts or your knee or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this isn't bad. You just got to keep things moving. And boy, let me tell you, in the year 2000, I was moving. I was like 18, 19. 19 years old I was moving and grooving and I got my first job and it was just a, an amazing time but I didn't handle it right and look and that's the problem is hindsight you're like snap I should have done this well that's why and you said, and I always used to grow up saying that I don't have any regret but let me tell you I'm 41 oh. I've got plenty of regret you regret tons regret, yeah. of stuff. And, and I, that's why you are all over your kid's butt because you don't want him to make those same stupid mistakes. Absolutely. As a parent, that's what we all hope. Our kids don't make the same mistakes. But guess what? Just like your mother said to you, Frankie, baby, baby. And you went, la, 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 la. I'm not listening. This is the same shit. It's just a generational kids are kids and we don't want to hear whatever our parents even though we're trying to make it easy we won't listen or whatever i don't really know what i was doing in the year 2000 i lived in Huntington beach i know that obviously i was working i think i eventually yeah i was totally in Huntington beach oh but we totally lucked out we were able to buy 10 acres of desert nothing like a wash 10 acres of desert in North Palm Springs, uh, Desert Hot Springs specifically, but it's very ghetto there, um, for $2,500, all 10 acres. So every one of my weekends in the year 2000 would have been drive out to the desert and let the dogs run. And I have never, because Honey to Beach, you can't just let your dogs run. They will get hit by a car. Um... We just opened up the back of my truck and the dogs just bounded right out. I had labs mixed with German Shepherds at that time. And they ran and ran and ran and ran. And then all of a sudden they're like, holy shit, we don't even know where we are. Where's my mom? They kept looking back, trying to see when I'd be breathing. Hi, it's okay. Keep running because there was desert. Well, and they just took off. And that was amazing in itself to see your dogs just that freedom. You know? If you want to get into detail, in 2000, I was dating Alicia Velasquez, working in retail in a northern uh, city of my hometown. I didn't name drop. I oh. was talking about the freedom of having You were dating Jim Chapman. I was married, thank you, but I didn't name drop. There we go. Now we both name dropped. All right, Jen, are you ready? Because the 2000s... I'm always ready. ...brought in some awesome music, but it also brought in this music... And we just have to acknowledge it because it is what it is. And it was very, very popular for the time. And again, before, ba after Backstreet Boys, or after um, New Kids <laughs> oh, on the no! Block. After New Kids in the Block, this was like the thing of I the time. I know where this is going. Rock Phoenix Live. Bye, 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 baby.
baby. Bye, bye, bye. Phoenix Live.
crush for myself This Rolling Stone cover by Britney Spears, Rock Phoenix Live, baby man. I try, 
satisfaction, baby. <laughs> Did you like that, guys? Right here on Rock Phoenix Live. This is the Cure, Blood Flowers. Time always comes to slip away 
always breaks, I said The sun always sets again This flower Did Robert Smith. Wow. That song was dramatic. I'm not sure it had to be quite that long, though. Oh, my God. I loved it. I was just tripping out on it. It well, sounded so great. Yeah. You were saying, like, just the sound of the guitar. And I was thinking, 
This sounds like tantric, like yeah. almost like we're all gonna go into some mushroom induced, you know, hippie dance or something <laughs> like that. I love, love the Cure. Oh love my gosh, yeah. Robert Smith. Um, and recently, you know, with him standing up to hell yeah, mad kudos to him for doing yeah, that. Ticketmaster, Live Nation, Live Nation, yep, and saying nope after our Taylor Smith. Right? Taylor Swift. Swift. Taylor Swift. Robert Smith. Smith. Taylor Swift, like, fiasco. Those tickets were thousands and thousands of dollars. They weren't even, you know, like... Ty Bennington. Whatever. It, it really made her crazy over the top. It gave Live Nation and all of those other ticket holders way too much control. It was limited, but... I'm glad that he finally said no. F that. He put his foot down, threw his weight around, so to speak, because everybody knows the name The Cure, you know? And yep. he's a weirdo enough that we certainly know who he is, too. But not weird enough to not be human. Oh, yeah, but maybe that's his whole point. You know, The Cure, they have that moody, darkish, you know, lyrics and that sound. And even though this was 2000 and we really loved The Cure from the 80s, he's still did his own shit he he might have thought he was probably evolving because you're supposed to you're supposed to evolve as you know things just change and people's tastes and popularity but maybe he doesn't give a crap he just did his own sound and his own thing that guitar with like the chorus and it was just like it was like wow and then this like the heaviness at the end of it i don't know it doesn't have to be distorted 100% of the time, but it it definitely has to drive a point home, and that has a point. I loved it. And back there, we played sync. Yes, right. This is Rock Phoenix Live playing sync. but Back truly, you. you have to give credit because you had Backstreet Boys, sync. they were out in the 2000s, and that was... 98 degrees. 98 degrees, <laughs> yeah. They were... That was, that was the in thing. You can't deny what an era had you have to simply acknowledge it and play it and there it is and that's exactly what it was after you talked a bunch of smack about pop music but it sounds so good <laughs> remember that guitar no it doesn't sound good baby bye 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 it was like so awesome. I, have I, a, it. I have a little bit to say about them because I really don't know hardly anything about Sync other than Justin Timberlake. Yeah, which he did a fantastic job at marketing Such himself. Such a huge And now he's star. a huge actor. Yeah. Oh, gosh. He so, was in bed with Jessica Biel, my girl from Stealth. Oh, my God, what a butt. <laughs> so these three music composers wrote Bye 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 because, of course, all these boy bands, they just performed them and really wasn't just sing or... They, they it was totally entertaining. They had all those dance moves, and they were pretty slick, right? But they wrote the song for some English boy band. Um, they were called Five, like the number five, IV, whatever. But they didn't want to. They rejected it. They didn't want to sing that song um, because they wanted to sound more rap. They wanted to be a rap band. So here comes In Sync. So technically. You said Backstreet Boys. They sold more albums than NSYNC did, but NSYNC was so much more popular and, like we just said, made such a huge um, star out of Justin Timberlake. That just blows my mind, you know, that he just evolved to that. And I was reading, it's been said that Justin's mom had remarked, wow, how NSYNC 
all of their boys' voices sound. And that's supposedly how they came up with their name. But they do claim like the N is Justin and the S is from Chris and the Y is from Joey and the yeah, but that's other weird N that is his, Jason. Mom, but it's weird Jay-Z. that his mom would say that because the band was like a company band. Like a company went out, a, a record yeah, company went out and found them and developed the yeah. band. Right, but how in sync they all sounded was her point. So his mom was at a, at a, at a rehearsal I guess. with the owners of this huge A&R company, record company, and they're like, oh my God, it's not in sync. Sounds like it. a good story, doesn't it? It does, very much so. That's why I said it. I don't know. Whether it's true, I don't know. Right. But I also was thinking about Coldplay because I love that song. That was their start. That song totally just kicked them off in the right direction and gave them worldwide play. And then I sort of went off in this little rabbit hole. Why does everybody make fun of Coldplay? Why does everybody hate Coldplay? But we say that about Nickelback. Why does everybody hate certain bands? It was a 90s thing, I think. They have about 80 million fans, okay? So... There seems to still be this global uh, despising of the band Coldplay, especially, I guess, in the UK. One magazine or one whatever, I don't think it was a person, but whatever. All it takes is one. All it takes is one. They described one of their uh, Coldplay albums. I don't remember which one, Empty or something like that. It was described as a stagnant pool of premium grade fucking cockwash. <laughs> wow. Don't hold back or anything. Holy crap, right? That is so English right there. But anyways, they write their own songs. They have transformed and evolved over the years, all their albums. They still sound like Coldplay. Like, I still recognize a lot of the songs over the decades. But I, maybe some of them I don't. But, you know, it, I think it comes down to this. So we all are told, like, if you ignore all the negativity that people throw at you and all the bad shit, if you just ignore it and continue on living your life and pursuing your own personal happiness, it's going to make them feel mighty uncomfortable, isn't it? So Coldplay didn't really, as far as I read, come back and say, hey, you stop saying bad things about us. Maybe, you know, he was thinking it, but whatever. Tell my mommy. You know, but they didn't. They just went along. They still did interviews. They still made albums. They still did their own thing. And they just ignored all the negativity, like Coldplay, you know, what they say? You're like Nickelback did, too. Yes. You know? They still play the Super Bowl. They yep. still tour in the United States. And they still managed to put out album after album yep. of million copies sold million copies sold Absolutely. million copies sold so but i mean that so just keep on doing your thing whatever it is and ignore people's negativity and pursue your own Again, happiness till this day my number one concerts are one metallica two volby three nickelback, nickelback. <laughs> so you know what you can shove it because i'm singing along at their concerts Chill. just like every other effort in that place is doing now that you say that, I really, really, truly enjoyed Green Day oh, up yeah. until the very last part of it. I thought Billy Joel was such an effing hypocrite, and I will take him on anytime. I literally, with my own eyeballs, I don't mean in a physical fight, you're laughing right now. I mean, with my own Billy. eyeballs, 
He was selling his merchandise. You know, love everybody. Everybody's lives matter. We should all get along. And then he gets on his little political soapbox and says, fuck Donald Trump. Okay, I don't like Donald Trump. I totally agree. F him. But that wasn't the point. Everyone should get along and all love each other, but fuck one particular person. That That's so... And I was just turned... Oh, yeah. So turned off by that, but that concert was great. Uh, and we were just talking about it a couple of days ago, and all I said to to our kid and to you, I just bounced up and down. Dit, 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 dit. You just had to bounce, 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 because you can't really dance because you're, you know, crammed into this big room. But I mean, just every song was fan flipping tastic. All right, well, this song should be fan freaking tastic. This is off their 2000 album. Warning, this is Green Day waiting. Rock Phoenix Live. I've been waiting a long time for this moment to come I'm destined for anything at all Downtown, lights will be shining on me Like a new diamond ring out under the midnight hour Oh no Moment to come, I'm destined for anything at all. Dumb shark, gonna be stupid. Good luck, you're gonna need it where I'm going if I get there at all. Wake up! Like your magic stars 
Rock Phoenix Live. This is Fuel Hemorrhage. Rock Phoenix Live. Memories are just where you lay down. Drag the waters till the depths give up their dead. What did you expect to find? Was it something you left behind? Don't you remember anything I said when I said Don't fall away Lead me to myself Don't fall away And leave life bleeding in my hands In my hands again Phoenix Live, disturbed, dealt with the sickness.
Under your servant I you give it to me? It seems on some left of my human side It's slowly changing In me Will you give it to me? Looking at my own reflection When suddenly it changes Violently it changes Is rising. Don't try to deny what you feel. Will you give it to me? It seems that all that you once good has died and is decaying in me. Will you give it to me? It seems you're having some trouble in dealing with these changes, living with these changes. Come on, Jan, give me your best. That's what it sounds like when I burp. <laughs> That's my burp sound. I got to tell you a funny story about Disturbed. So their album, Down With The Sickness, that was a great album. 
had that hit on it. Everybody loved it. It made mainstream airplay. Um, I didn't think too much of it. But when I finally got a hold of the next album, I was like, it was called Believe. And I was like, holy crap, this album's great. And ever since then, I've loved Disturbed. They had this great sound that's coming. It was totally mainstream. And they were doing it before any other band was doing it, I think. They were really, truly ahead of the game when they were making albums. I loved them. And especially that 2000 album, Down With The Sickness. He made a very name for himself and a staple because of that sound. He did that. Yeah, because it's like I a don't choking know, Yoda. <laughs> Something, right? No, I still think it sounds like burping, but you're right. That particular part, like, is something that you just wouldn't normally hear in a song. Right. You yep. know, it's almost like he wanted to make the sound of some kind of crazy instrument or, you know, an animal noise or something like that. Yeah. Which is kind of unusual. I, I can't think of any other song right now. Now when you do that, you think of David Draymond, who's the lead singer of Disturbed. And I don't know anything about Disturbed, but that, I think, was just a really popular song because it was played and played and played and played. And we've talked about this before, too. Sometimes you're almost forced to listen to a song because they play it so much on the radio and if that's your favorite station you're like holy shit they're playing this song again and again and there's a lot of people that don't like like i listen to like the mountain or whatever 95.9 because they whatever don't need, they don't need credit on my show you just said kbd and we don't even like them because he's a dog fuck i did Anyways, like, for an example, you listen to a radio station and it just seems like everything is repeat, repeat, repeat. And then I start to wonder, how much money are you being paid to play that song over and over? So, flashback, Depeche Mode, people are people? You know the song, right? People are people, so why should it be? Guess what? I have to change the station. I really have to go and take a pee. They played that song over and over and over. It was too much. Yeah. And now I hate that song. I like Depeche Mode. I, I can't. But that's what radio stations do. That's how the band gets the right. main, mainstream Dude, airplay. They don't have to buy these. Well, maybe they do. They I don't do. Know. They, that's what they promote the album. So, for instance, you know, you put out an album and then you have to go on this tour. On that tour, you stop at different cities and get on their local FM stations to promote your songs. Do you think they really do that? Yeah. Metallica Still. does that. I know that for a fact. You've seen it on their documentary series. Lars will always hit up local radio stations and go on there and promote the new album or promote the new song, the new release, whatever. Really? Yeah. Oh, I That's thought that promotions. was like a... Yeah, but I'm all those movies but I now, saw where the bands in the 1950s were well, trying to get started on the radio. So they drove out to the boonies where the radio and tower played your was. song on the radio and did yeah, an interview. interview. Huh. But <laughs> but now it's different because you have Spotify and podcasts and all this stuff. Yeah. Like for instance, um, Metallica right now is really into have into was really into Jimmy Kimmel. When the new album 72 Seasons came out, they went on Jimmy Kimmel for a whole week and played songs on there. And then they did a Howard Stern thing. So they kind of reached out to digital media to do kind of the, the, the spreading of their new release. But that's what you do now is you go to 
like Loudwire and you promote your new song. You go yeah. to podcasts and promote your new album. Go to radio stations. I mean, I don't think a but lot of... But you know what? These these streaming types or Loudwire or whatever, that's different to me. When you're in your car, you are listening to music. And unless you, which I don't have a playlist, you and Liam do, most people do, I get it. You just want to play the music you like. I don't. When I'm in my car driving, I don't eat. I don't, obviously I don't smoke anyways, but I don't talk on the phone. I don't do weird stuff, look through my purse. I'm driving. So when I have a radio station on, it's pretty much just stuck on that station. But sometimes I am forced to change it. Not when the talking comes on. I get it. I'd rather listen to music. But I'm forced because there's so so many songs like U2, I have to change. Michael Jackson, I have to change it. No matter what. I will take my eyes off the road to change it. That's How long awesome. is your commute? Maybe three songs long. Two? Two songs long. Does it really fucking matter? Yeah, because in those two songs, they need to be good songs. There are people out there that commute hours. I want to start my day. And you are complaining about three minutes. Three, no. It's six minutes. Six it's minutes. Two songs, yeah. Six times three is 12 minutes. It's not even, that would be four. Even if you had three no. long, six minute songs. Anyway. That's ridiculous. Jen, I understand what no, you're saying. No, they need to be good songs. That's some bullshit. I want to start off my day. We have day. listeners out there that commute very far every day and go through lots of painstaking time. Then they want to listen to some good playlist. shit. And I want to listen to three minutes, six minutes, whatever. Anyway, forget it. It's stupid. I got to say something about Green Day. Green Day, I don't know, for whatever reason, after the Nimrod album came out, I kind of tuned out of Green Day. Mm. And that warning song, that warning album, that was great. That was waiting. That was a really great song and awesome. And uh, we go to Green Day concerts and we listen to all their new stuff. And their new stuff seems to be more like pop Green Day. And I get it. Pop means you sold out because you're popular. Yes. But. He did sell out. Why didn't you guys play anything off your Insomniac album when you were on tour? Why didn't you guys, you know, promote that part of it? I don't understand it. I want to know that. I want to understand why. Because that was a really good album. I think the Insomniac album was like the hardest rock Green Day I've ever heard. Instead of the punk style or now this new kind of like, you know, sound. I mean, again, anytime you hear a Green Day song, you know it's Green Day. They have that distinct sound. Very, very specific. I mean, that's the case. That was a great song. Um, You know. When I Come so Around was a great song. Yeah, Duke, the whole, the whole yeah. Dookie album was great. Yep, it really was. And then you did Insomniac, which was more harder sound, but you didn't play it on tour. Like, you didn't want to promote it. You wanted to promote everything that was, you know, prior to that, which was like the uh, the Nimrod album, which was uh, Hitchin' a Ride. And then, you know, I don't know. It was just different. But it was truly a great concert. Yes, yes. I, actually, I never, ever need to see them again. Um for the rest of my life actually but I'm so glad that I did because Nickelback was great but Green Day was really great and Metallica I don't even need to say anything about that and Volbeat I love Volbeat and that was just a part of why they were my favorite is because we got $40 tickets and stood in a parking lot with no seats and we were so stinking close we were right in the middle of these crazy moshing 
and this guy kept elbowing me in the chin and I had to yell at him and then Frank was complaining because people were being mean and the lady with the camel <laughs> pack that oh, said she had been to many Monty Crew concerts she was so small she I told us she to went to a bunch her. of Monty Crew concerts yeah and then we finally went to a Motley Crew concert and we're so disappointed. Yeah, we were looking for her though. <laughs> Speaking of that, we should talk about that. Oh, don't. All right, fine. No, don't say anything about Motley Crew. It's true. Everybody about thought in 2022 they'd be great. They weren't. And then we no. posted it and they still didn't believe it. They went on a 2023 tour and now everybody's getting the clue. I don't know. Sorry, I'm, Vince. You're done. They will continue to sell out. They'll continue and to sell And now Nikki Six has got backing tracks for his bass. They just found out when he was doing clapping, the bass yeah. was still playing. And they're like, how the fuck is that happening, yeah. Millie Vanilli? Well, he's pretty talented. So. <laughs> maybe he was playing. Yes, maybe help? he was playing That's with probably, another body right. part. Not his Who's hand. the drummer again? What was his name? Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee is probably playing the drum. <laughs> Oh, it was his schlong that Whatever. was strumming. Yeah. No. Horrible. Anyway. Anyways. But yeah. And then back there, Fuel, Hemorrhage in My Hands. What chick doesn't love that song? Everybody can sing that song. In my hands, in my hands again. Yeah, yeah. I was singing. Yeah, I you were. I didn't have my yeah, ears you on, were. but I was singing. Yeah, you were. Remember, Rock Phoenix Live is going on tour this summer, and we want to hope to see you wherever we stop. Uh, check us out on Rock Phoenix Live Facebook page, and we'll post details. But like I said, we are going on tour. We're going to put business cards down. And if you find one of our business cards, boy, you just won yourself some swag. Awesome, right? It and is. we're going to have like cool rock stickers. Yep. And I want to call it, vote for this, Disco Bay Vacay. And we're calling it Disco Bay, not because of disco music, but because my crazy COVID, because we were all stuck inside getting loopy, my crazy COVID uh, dream was to remodel this ransacked piece of shit dilapidated restaurant in Discovery Bay in Washington State. And Discovery Bay, they call it Disco Bay. So that's kind of disco. Disco, disco. It's kind of like our road trip tour, but also that was our ultimate goal to check out our restaurant and see if it hasn't swooshed into the water by now. <laughs> we're moving from Arizona all the way up to Seattle. So on the way up there, we're making a few stops and we're going to drop some business cards off in some places. Salt and Lake find, City? Yep. If you find them, Idaho? Email, email me. I'm not spamming you, promise you. Email me that you found a card with a picture of it. And I will send you some swag. Let me know where I need to send that Spokane to. Falls. Yep. Mount St. Helens. Linden. Lovely. Linden, Washington. Population 5,000. All over. We're gonna Salt be- Lake City, Utah. Yeah. I already said that one. Idaho. I said that too. Oh. Port d'Alene. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Disco Bay. Vacay. All right. You guys ready to rock? I don't know if you know, but this song came out in 2000. Everybody loves this song. It's one of their smash hits that made them so famous. Papa Roach, Infest, Last Resort, Rock Phoenix Live. Cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Suffocation, no breathing. Don't give a f. Suffocation, no breathing Don't give a f- give a cut my arm bleeding Do you even care if I die bleeding? Would it be wrong, would it be right? 
tonight Chances are that I might Mutilation out of sight And I'm contemplating suicide
The song that started it all. Three doors down, Kryptonite, Rock Phoenix Live. Right here on Rock Phoenix Live. God, that song is awesome. I 
now I remember how much I love that album. I remember cruising down in my 1994 Camry four-door SE baby hand-me-down car from my mom to work listening to that whole album was just awesome and amazing. And then I finally got a Pontiac Grand Am and boy, it had a six-disc CD changer in it. I could go from kryptonite all the way over to Papa Roach because that was the stuff that was happening right then, baby. Yeah! Just kidding. But again, Papa Roach and Three Doors Down, I think, came out at the same time. And in the 2000s, like I said, a lot of bands had albums that were just starting and they were developing that sound and moved them on. You know, I think other bands, too, came out you know, later, they were like 2000, I don't know, maybe we should put out, maybe we should, maybe we should come out, maybe we shouldn't, Y2K, blah, 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 but a lot of bands came out in like 2001, 2002, so we don't have a lot of bands in 2000, but we had some really good bands, and even existing bands, as you've heard tonight, that really pushed through that 2000 barrier. So, like I said, it's a lot of times the bands died in the, in the, in the 2000s or they kind of succeeded in the 2000s. So, it all depends. Uh, and as we know, Metallica put out an album in 1997, but then didn't put out another one until 2003. So, we don't have anything in the 2000 time of Metallica. But that's because they had the whole issue with... You know, James going to rehab, the band was on hiatus. It took a lot of time to record that St. Anger album. A lot of bands also came out in 2001 because they were like, hey, I don't want to try and play it. Evanescence, uh, a lot of other bands came out in that time era instead of, of choosing 2000. Or they were still developing their sound in 2000 and finally made it a couple years later. But a lot of things happened in different eras of the 2000s, but in 2000 itself, this is what we got. And they were awesome, and they made a really good name for themselves, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Papa Roach, man, those guys are leading other bands now. Linkin Park, my gosh, how many great songs did they give us growing up? It's insane. It's just awesome. And then other bands like Iron Maiden, you know, Ghost of the Navigator. I mean, you're on the fence about it. Motley Crue, you didn't want to really want to... It wasn't really a good album, but you know, they did it. So, you listen to it. Maybe. <laughs> I didn't even know that they were still making, like, new... Right? Newer, more recent albums at all. Maybe they don't get the radio play. Maybe because they're not really good, they don't get the radio play. But I don't know. I, I wasn't even aware of it. I tell you I what. I only know all the old stuff because that's the good stuff. These next two bands, these are the songs I was listening to in the 2000s. And if you like power rock music or sword metal, these are the ones I was listening to. Did you say sword? Sword, sword metal. metal. Sword metal. That's right. Nightwish, Hammerfall. You oh. sound like Spinal Tap when you say was it uh, Dragon Fall, Dragon Hammer, something like that? <laughs> Other bands, they're really good bands. Well, it has to have a dragon in it. Right. All right, this is uh, Nightwish, She Is My Sin, off their album Wishmaster that came out in 2000. Rock Phoenix Live.
Tell me that's not heavy and hard. I think it's heavy and hard. And it was. You know what? I used to love that sound, that hammer fall, that Nightwish. Those were my two favorite bands back in the 2000s. And I just loved them. Absolutely loved them. Because of the sound that they had. They had that driving sound, that heaviness. And you could like escape your day-to-day life and get into this world of dragons and fairies and, you know, hammers. Hammers. <laughs> Swords, but Swords. especially hammers. Hammers. <laughs> I loved it. 2000s are great. Working at Michael's or working at Joanne's. Great. <laughs> Just living the dream. 
I can't believe you tell people that you worked at Michael's Arts and Crafts and Joanne's Fabrics. <gasps> Was it a Joanne's etc.? ETC, baby. <laughs> ETC. <laughs> I was so proud. We had VIP access to all the great VIP in the EG. The yarn barn, the frame shop. Are you down with the fabric? Oh, oh, make you some fabric. Anyway, frame you some pictures. Minimum wage, five fifty. <laughs> oh, and what did you tell me? You used to accidentally tear open some of the bags, like of the chocolate melting wafers. Oh or- yeah, at Michael's. So we have that thing where you have the Linden truff the Lindor truffles. Oh. And the blue yeah. and the red Lindors and all that stuff. Fired. But nobody ever buys them. They just sit there and they sit I there. I buy and- them. They are worth getting fired over. But we had individuals for sale. Yes, fifty cents each. Heck right. yeah. And no one eats them. So I grabbed a couple and, and like the chocolate was all white. It wasn't even dark anymore. It was like old, had been heated and cooled and heated and cooled. It was awful, but I would eat those because... And then they had the other Wilton, like the chocolates that were in the circles that you could melt down into chocolate. I would eat some of those because I had no money. I had nothing to eat. I had to eat store product. And it oh, was bad. yes. Your mother had no food in the house that you lived in with her. I No, I was just a bad boy because I didn't make my lunches. I didn't do uh-huh. that stuff. I just left the Pretty house. Pretty sure you had a pantry and And this was when I was living with Kelly. So, I mean, I was a... Out of the house. Oh kind of well, person. you broke ass. Yeah, yeah. You probably didn't have food, but probably. you had cats or dogs or no. This was knows. in California. Oh, I wasn't working at Michael's in in Arizona. Wasn't gonna happen. I was moving on to better directions. Anyway, the two thousands are great. I loved it. The music was awesome. Um, I was still listening to probably like they like said Hammerfall and the Nightwish because when I worked at Tower Records that was kind of what I was into and it was awesome working at Tower Records in the 2000s because you got to see these new bands like uh, oh this one lady came walking in and her name was Jessica Simpson oh imagine that Jessica Simpson walks into a Northridge Tower Records wow at the time she was brand new oh and who else oh Three Doors Down came in and did a Bud Light commercial which never aired they filmed it in the back of our store Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Not I love Jessica Simpson. That was my Empire Records dream right. in the 2000s. Yeah. I called every not day. As cool, but. I called every day to that Tower Records and said, hey, do you have an opening? Sorry, Frank, not today. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Hello, do you have an opening, Frank? Yes. Not today. Okay. Not, not for you, you weirdo. Finally, know? one day they said yes. Do you know what? Sometimes that does pay off. Sometimes that um, I hired somebody just based on the fact that he kept coming into my store, standing very quietly and politely at the back of the lobby. Very persistent. Yep. And sometimes persistence pays off because you just whittle people down and they just say, fine, we have an opening. Gosh sakes. And you know what? This particular guy that I hired, he was very persistent. But again, he also was quiet. He let customers go before him. He made eye contact with me. And inside my head, I was going, oh my gosh, not again. But we did hire him. He just didn't last for very long. Oh, just like you. They did hire you, but you just didn't last for very long. Well, I did, but the problem is I got really tired. And what happened is one night... (laughs) I was, I was, I, I don't know what happened. Excuses. I remember it. Excuses. Somebody gave me a 20. I thought it was a 100 and gave them cash <laughs> back. 
and my till was short like $80. Yeah. They so, had the product and a whole bunch of extra money. Yeah. But I was working two jobs. I was young. I didn't get it. You weren't nutritionally, you know, fortified. No. No, not one bit. Hey, I have to say something else kind of funny about our Y2K. The, the late 1990s um, was one of the busiest times in book publishing. Everybody was jumping on this whole Y2K um, book, whether it was, you know, fact or fiction or whatever, whether it's based on uh, survival or based on, you know, what you should do with your money to stay wealthy or to get wealthy, whatever. Some of the titles <laughs> made me laugh. One of them was called Time Bomb 2000. Like it almost sounds sci-fi, right? The L- Millennium Meltdown, Year 2000 Solutions for Dummies. Remember those yellow books? <laughs> I owned a couple of those books. HTML for Dummies. Yeah, that was me trying to they snazz had one up my uh, the OJ trial for dummies. Why? Why? Because no one could follow the OJ trial. Anymore. Oh, sh- that's silly. But remember, uh, remember MySpace. You could customize it, so I needed to learn some really basic HTML. It was like prop. It's like the beginning of coding. Yeah. Oh, I was pretty proud of myself. Just to post I had a like, song or post a wallpaper. I yeah. had yeah, moving wallpaper, and then I had graphics and stuff. So listen to this one, uh, the Y2K Gold Rush. This was the one that was like investment or investment advice, and he was pushing like buy gold, buy gold. I wonder how many people as soon as I read that. Well, wait, wait. Gold right now is more popular than ever because gold is sustainable and it's 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 uh, physical. All these people right now are telling cryptocurrency. Any, anytime or- the market kind of changes, everybody in the stock market always goes and buys gold because gold is the number one thing to go to. Well, there you go, the Y two K gold rush. Yeah, somebody might have got rich over that. Well, no, because they're even doing it now. Like in 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 two, in twenty twenty or in, I know, sorry, in twenty twenty they did the same thing. Everybody bought out of their markets and went to gold because anytime the market has a, a fundamental change or something happens, like COVID, monumental yeah, change, yeah, they always resort back to gold because gold is the number one thing to invest in. And that was like before Bitcoin and before yeah. stock markets, it was like the solid. Yeah. You either in you either you you either invest in gold, cash, or um, gold Do cash, something physical, or crops. Yeah. It was like one of those three, and those were always solid markets. So listen to this last book, the Y two K Survival Guide and Cookbook. <laughs> What what comes into your mind when you're thinking there's going to be this massive, crazy computer meltdown, uh, here's how to survive it, and cookbook? Are we talking like roadkill or possum stew? Maybe. Or I would need that. I don't know how to. I'm not Bear Grylls. Are we all going to like how to. I'm not you know, naked and afraid. Yeah. We're all going to go like we would go out to the desert right. and we would learn how to get water from our cactus. It's possum stew. <laughs> yeah. Gross. Gross. But, uh, survival guide and cookbook. What do you call it? Seafood chatter. It's possum stew. <laughs> I actually may have to look into some of the recipes. I'll tell you what, though. Speaking of recipes, we always love to make ratatouille. It's not as hard as it looks, people. It might sound 
harder than it really is. Well, oh, ratatouille. ratatouille. That's difficult. It, we made it twice. Very delicious. Every time it's consistent if you make it to the recipe. And ratatouille, the name with the rat in the beginning, is sounds pretty disgusting. Then when you actually see it, we don't do the modernized version of ratatouille like what you see in the cartoon. We do like the authentic, original, you know, Italian, French, countryside where the, whatever vegetables were in season. We do As that seen one. on Delicious Destinations. And... Ours looks like barf in a can. Truly, I will admit to it, but it tastes so stinking good. Absolutely. There are no rats involved. <laughs> Minus it's the tomato vegan. paste. Oh, absolutely vegan. And nowadays, it looks really pretty because they take all those vegetables and thinly, thinly slice them and do like green, yellow, blue, orange, whatever, and then repeat. And they make this beautiful ring or a casserole dish or some kind of a spiral. And ours really looks like barf in a can. Well, because we do the finely chopped squares into a little tin. Very finely. Lightly lift it up and yep. there's your delicious dish. Yep. And yeah, we, and ours is like a tower. It looks just so impressive, and we eat it, and it's just very, very yummy. Yep. So. Rock show slash vegan cookbook <laughs> survival guide of the fittest. All right. All right, here we go. This is Deftone. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. I changed it up. This is Poison. Remember Poison, Jen? We saw them live. Yep. This is Excellent. their 2000 release of Crack a Smile and more. This is Be the One, Rock Phoenix Live. Just let me be the one 
Should the rains come down, never let you drown I'll pull you through I wanna hear you when you scream Be your prince when you dream Hold you close when you cry I say
I think snare drums were a little more popular back then. Boy, that song had a lot of snare popping. Snare popping! Jen, do you have anything to add to this disgrace that we call Rock Phoenix Live's Y2 Rock episode tonight before we leave? Well, kind of short. I made fun of uh, Possum Stew (laughs) because I thought, why do we need a cookbook being released? But it totally makes sense. I googled the cookbook or the book, and the cookbook is more focused on water storage, um, how to cook over campfires, or like if you don't have a stove, because people believed like everything was power grids were gonna fail, um, anything could have happened. You know, it's a scare. So how we cook with fire on your, you know, your briquettes on your barbecue or what have you, and then um, yeah, water storage, um, less meal prep. How to live without a refrigerator, using less ingredients, maybe grow your own food. There was a whole bunch of recipes, I guess, but based all around that, which kind of totally makes sense. You know, it's comfort food, basic stuff during this very difficult time of this Y2K, you know, disaster, proposed disaster. This whole thing is capitalism. Capitalism. Trying to capitalize off of a situation or an idea. Yeah, but isn't anyway, that the news anyhow? The news is. always scares it everybody. Is. But you know Over-exaggerates what? Over-exaggerates and causes What really makes problems. me happy is what we read a couple days ago about how there were 100,000 people behind the scenes making sure that this wasn't going to make a difference on day-to-day lives. Well, right, because truly... Who knows? What if those people hadn't have done all of that hard work and spent that bazillion dollars that I had said? Who knows what would have happened? Because there are other countries, not the U.S., who did invest billions of dollars. Other countries that just couldn't afford it. At that time, they were going through rough economic, you know, crisis or whatever. Some countries just don't have the money to do that. They did have failures. And there was, it wasn't anything, I don't think, disastrous. Like, really, you know, millions of people weren't killed by it. But, I mean, there it affected them a lot more than it affected the U.S. because we focused on it. And it was Bill Clinton. He signed, like, an act, like a Y2K act, that this will get started right away because it all needs to be figured out by you know january 1st 2000 well i want to say one thing about frank's conspiracy theories here we go so i've been reading some news articles and it says that china's gdp or their gross product average or whatever gross dumping percentage uh, is lowering there's less people investing in china stocks and in china stuff and it's grow- it's diminishing, which means that, that their income that they get from the United States is getting less and less. The more that we we demand on our own selves versus demanding yeah. on foreign countries to develop stuff for us, yeah. the less that they get. So and it has been impactful. Then. Yeah, You're, they're seeing a change already. Electric cars it's taking a while. It's taking less off of Saudi Arabia, lost off of oil, and, yeah. and Dubai is feeling a diminishing effect from us. So I want to let you know, America, that what you're doing right now is making a huge impact on other countries. But of course, we try to think globally. Right, and we don't want to hurt anybody, (laughs) but it's... It, you can see it now. I'm not saying that what China China's going to go back to what they were 30 years ago, or Dubai is going to be gone. Blah blah blah. I'm just saying this is what they're saying. 
if America starts to end up doing what other countries are already doing, the relying on themselves right yeah you have to invest in yourself somebody told me a long 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 time ago that it is really great for people to have these giving hearts and give money or help out or make food whatever you need to feed the hungry but if you are not strong yourself i don't mean you don't have to have a million dollars i mean you have to be in good health and good mind and strong enough because if you're not if you're sick and you're starving and you're weak how are you going to help other people the stronger you are like your your endurance and your stamina and your mental state you'll be able to help out a lot more people whether that's your right here on your street or it's your you know your county or your country or whatever and then you can you know spread out help everybody all right we're out of here thank you so much for listening tonight to our y2k where's my bank account i don't know it's gone i can't get any money out oh no we can't go out for dinner we better make roadkill hash (laughs) and listen to kryptonite by three doors down all right, good night, guys. This last song we're going to go out with was Mudvayne. This is their album, LD50, their song, Death Blooms. Thank you so much for listening. We love all of you. Good night. Let me under through corridors A woman stick with age Mark off the day Regrets of my life are fading Pull me out to body You want it, you want it People frail and rotting Descending on us and shut your desk And laughing, you want it Cast into me, God take the body You want it, you want me Past has found its place Salvation is no more Oh God, accept my peace Reach to a part of me Reflections on my life are fading Pull me out to body You want it, you want it People frail and rotting Descending, I'm lost in a stretch of death Collapsing, you want it Casting to make God take the body You want it, who wants me? I just want to run Like eyes rest with your betrayal Swim through as the crowd